Hey there, podcast listeners. Welcome to Talking Wealth, the show where the Wealth Within team are on hand to teach you how to become a more confident, competent, and more importantly, profitable trader or investor. Wealth Within was voted number three for stock market podcasts globally in 2018, so I hope you enjoy listening. We cover topics from trading to investing, as well as wealth creation to ensure you can achieve your financial goals. Because as we always say, lifestyle matters. As a global leader in stock market education, you can fast track your journey towards financial freedom by studying with Wealth Within. If you'd like more information about our government accredited courses or to watch more analysis of the stocks in this podcast, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the market report videos under the Learning Center. Please note that the information in this podcast should not be considered personal financial advice. Hello and welcome to this week's Australian Stock Market Report. This week we'll look at why holding on to shares long term in the current market conditions is not a good idea. Then we'll get into the market so I can share with you my thoughts on the Australian stock market, where it's heading along with answering your questions and looking at stocks for you. I'm Dale Gillam, Chief Analyst here at Wealth Within and we're Australia's most trusted stock market educators. Now before we move on, thank you for showing your support for our channel and hitting that subscribe button. As you subscribe, click the bell on the right of it so you keep up to date with our latest videos. Also, remember to tune into our live Australian Stock Market show every Tuesday, 7 to 8pm Australian Eastern Time. This is the show where you get to ask us, the stock market education and trading experts, to look at all of your favourite stocks and answer your questions. There's an old saying that we learn from our mistakes, but if this is true, why do people continually make the same mistakes, believing it will be different next time? Now, it's not unusual to see portfolios with losses on individual positions of between 50 and 90%, especially in times when the market has had significant falls like we experienced in March of this year. Obviously, large losses on individual stocks can have an extremely negative impact on the overall performance of an investor's portfolio. Now, when I question investors why they continue to hold these stocks, invariably the argument is that these good stocks will rise back up to their previous value. But this raises two questions. Firstly, is the stock really a good stock? And when will it rise back up to where it was? When stocks fall heavily in price, the investor is attempting to ride out the market, but is this the best move, particularly when they are potentially losing capital and the opportunity to invest their funds in other assets that are rising? What is interesting is that investors will happily ride out a losing stock rather than liquidate it for fear of losing, while they will gladly sell winning stocks too early for fear of losing the profit they've already made. Now, Telstra is a perfect example of why the old adage of buy and hold is an inefficient strategy and why investors would have been better off selling their shares rather than holding. By November 2010, Telstra had fallen from its high of $9.20, set back in February 1999, and it fell for nearly 12 years into a low of $2.55. It then rose up to $6.74 by February 2015, only to fall right back down to $2.60 by June 2018. Yet people continued to hold on to Telstra in the hope it would get back to its previous highs. 
This week, I reviewed the top 20 stocks in regards to how often they closed higher than they'd opened for the year. And yes, you guessed it, Telstra was not good on that front, as it only closed higher than it opened for the year 50% of the time. Now, if we look at the last six years, Telstra has closed lower than it opened in five of those years, yet people held onto it in the hope of making money. But the goal to investing wisely is always to preserve your capital, as this in itself would improve the portfolio performance of the majority of Australians holding stocks. Now, preserving capital can be achieved by simply applying an exit strategy, as I outline in my books, Accelerate Your Wealth and How to Beat the Managed Funds by 20%. So what were the best and worst performing sectors last week? Well, in contrast to the past few weeks, the market was a little more consistent last week with information technology the best sector, and that was up over 7%. Communication services was next, up nearly 6% with consumer staples rising just over 4% for the week. The worst performing sectors included industrials, which was up 1.03% for the week, followed by utilities, which was up 1.2%, and materials up 1.68% for the week. When we look at the ASX Top 100 stocks, the best performers included Evolution Mining, and that was up 12%. Next was A2 Milk, and that was up 8.54%. Next were Magellan Financial Group and Cochlear up 7.6 and 7.56% respectively. The worst performers for the week included Adbury Limited which was down 26.1% after losing its long-standing supply deal with Alcoa. Now after 50 years Alcoa decided it would not renew the contract from June 2021. Next was Reliance Worldwide, and that was down 6.21%, and IOOF Holdings, and that was down 4.2% last week. So what do I expect in the market moving forward? Well, let's get into the charts for our S&P 500 All Ordinaries Index update for this week. We'll also answer your questions and look at the stocks you've chosen for me. Well, last week was a really strong week on our market. It was probably a little bit surprising to me that our market was so strong, um, given what's going on around Australia and and around the world, obviously, with the US having a lot of increased cases of COVID-19 and obviously Victoria, where I live, um, suburbs being shut down in Melbourne and things possibly going into a lockdown, yet our market was quite strong, So, uh, which was quite interesting to me to see the market being quite strong. But let's go and have a look at the chart and just see what's actually going on. Now, looking at the chart, you can see on the screen here that uh, last week's bar, it actually started down. So it actually traded lower on the Monday. And if I go to the daily chart, you'll actually see that. So here's Monday's bar. So we started the week going down, opened up from the, obviously from the prior week, moving down. And at this point in time, I thought, well, we could be starting to see that we'll continue to see that move down through here. But these next few days really did surprise me. If I look here at Tuesday's very strong bar here on Tuesday, obviously Wednesday, Thursday, a nice strong bar here on Thursday. Friday showed weakness. It did try to push up and came right back down and closed very low on the bar. So it'll be interesting to see what happens early this week. Now, obviously, the US was closed with the 4th of July um, last Friday, so it didn't trade on Friday. We're not going to see results of the Dow or what's going on with the Dow till tomorrow morning. So I would expect today our market's not going to be super exciting. Um, It may be, but I don't think it will be super exciting. Um, I don't think we're going to be doing too much until we see direction on the Dow because I still think the market in the US at the moment 
is rising and I'm not sure why it's rising so strongly. Yes, it's being supported by the Fed and other things, but you know, eventually, you know, you can't keep pushing stuff up with hot air. But so where are we going? I am expecting a low on our market sometime sort of July, August, maybe into September. We are searching for a high. So where can we go from the current point we're in? Obviously, that's the more recent high back in June. I think it was the 9th of June. We hit 6,314 points. We had the a one week down inside and a bit of a down week there. I was expecting talking about sort of two to four weeks down, and I did say that if the market didn't go down very much in time and price, which is this is the case, then it's likely we'll start to move up. So we may even hit up into that sort of 6,600 point mark or range before we do start to fall away again. But I would expect we'd start to fall away by the end of July and move down into this sort of area into August and possibly into September. But right now it is looking good. Obviously, August is reporting season or earnings seasons for the US. We're also going to start seeing reporting from our Australian banks and other financial institutions and our companies for the end of our financial year, which was the 30th of June. So it'll be interesting to see how our market does unfold over the coming couple of months. But again, I was chatting on our live show. If you haven't seen our live stock market show, it's every Tuesday at 7 to 8 p.m. But I was saying on that to somebody in answer to somebody's question saying you know right now we need to control what we can control at the moment if you're in the stock market it basically stay with it uh, while it is looking bullish and going up but if it does start to um, start to look bearish then start to consider about whether you would exit all your positions because really the only two things you can do is is buy or sell that's really where you can buy hold or sell there's three things you can do i'm sorry but you can make a decision to get into the market or to be out of the market and that's your choice but let's get into the questions that we have for today and the first question we have is from chris who says what do you use when you look at stocks um, is there a free site you can see all of the open close weekly monthly price action etc that you talk about um, the answer is yes and no it's it sort of a lot of the free ones aren't very very good the broker ones I just don't use at all I find brokers platforms terrible um, they've got a lot a lot of information in there to get you to trade and to get you confused I suppose um, a lot of data on them all I need a broker for is execution so all I need is that order pad to buy and sell but if you want to look at the stock the program that I use is called Optima I've been using that for I don't know, well over 20, I think 25 years now and in various different versions of all that. I've used lots of different software and the ones that I use you do pay for because the old, the old adage is you really do get what you pay for. If something's free, it's free for a reason. So there are some free sites around there where you can get the open, high, low, close volume some price action, but you are limited in what you can do with all of those. There's a site called um, IncrediblePlus.com. There's another one called BigCharts.com. Um, most of the brokers will have some form of charts for you, but again, their job is to get you to trade. So I would go to those independent ones. But really, it, you need to having an Excel software or having Word is really great. But if you can't write a book in Word or you can't do all your budgets and everything else in Excel, then it doesn't really make any difference that you've actually got the software if that makes sense. So you really need to understand what you're doing before you get charts and looking at that price action. How do you analyze the price action? What, is, what constitutes a buy? What constitutes a sell? How are you going to manage your entries and exit? And what is the chart telling you? And they're the things you need to understand before you go out and start looking at the tools that you actually need. But it's a really good question. But, and thank you very much for, for actually asking the question. 
And the next question we've got is from somebody called Key, um, who says, hi, Dale and Janine. Janine did a fantastic job, but great to see you back, Dale. Yes, she did do a fantastic job, Key, um, but it's good to be back. I think, actually, I almost decided I was going to retire and just let her do them. She was that good, but uh, she wouldn't let me do that. But Key says, can you please have a look at um, Can Group, C-A-N. Um, he says, I bought in at $1.20 in January and planned to hold for the midterm. After discovering your channel three months back, I acknowledged that it wasn't the right time to buy when it was falling. Anyways, the reason I bought was because I expected the price to jump when they become profitable in, say, two years. I know this is only speculation, but would love to know your thoughts on this. Uh, thanks a lot, Dale. Yeah, probably the best time to buy would have been in two years when the prices jump. And people often get into stocks on speculation that something might happen into the future. And the biggest thing that I ever I teach traders is buying confirmation not speculation and that was speculation so you've already realized that you've uh, not necessarily done the right thing with your money and you got in way too early because two years down the track that hopefully that might uh, realize a profit in two years is really it, it is just speculation and that's where you, why you bought at the wrong time so when you start getting seeing solid solid figures coming out of them more consistency then you start to look at it and yeah you're probably going to buy it at a higher price but again you're not going to be watching your the stock price go down or sideways for long periods of time the whole idea about making money in the market is that you buy stocks that will go up and be steadily rising at least for that mid-term but anyway but let's go and have a look at the chart and see what can is doing now on your screen you've got uh, you can see there on the left hand side i've got well, actually i've got to change that to a monthly bar chart sorry i normally would have that as a monthly bar chart the monthly bar chart and obviously the weekly one is on the right hand side now he said did say he bought in around about january so around about that area there where it did spike up so i'm assuming what you did key is you saw this big spike up in january where we see there and then bought into the stock right around where it's closing there closed at a dollar 29 so if i go and use my Cool little tool if I can get it up it's not coming up um, looking at this from that from that point there to there we're talking about 193% so you may have been on a chat forum or you might have seen people talking about it at work around the water cooler or whatever it is whatever the decision was you've bought it there and currently it's now sitting at around uh, 98 cents it closed on Friday or uh, at that point in time um, but you've been really, really held on to it. It doesn't look too bad. So it's not really as bad as what I thought it would be when I had a look at it. Last week, it had a nice, good rise up. I would love to see it get moved back up above your $1.20 before I get too excited about it but it is looking all right it's probably not um, it's not too illiquid looking at the stock here we're talking about two million shares at around a dollar so it's on the lower end of liquidity but it's not too bad but again right now i would just set an exit strategy on the stock if i still if i owned it i mean that's always what you do anyway um, if it does start to fall away below that uh, stock there 15 percent below your buy price is what i talk about in my books and maybe you might want to set that on the stock so your dollar 20 multiply that by 15 percent take it off a dollar 20 if it trades below that then you might like to exit that stock that's your choice um, i'm not saying whether you hold or sell but right now it is looking good while it's going up stay with it if it starts to fall away again then i would look at exiting it so but thank you for the question and look it really is just about educating yourself you know obviously you realized that you did make a mistake when you did buy it you bought it for the wrong reasons it's just around having solid rules around buying and selling it, and that's all you need to do but next question that we do have is from Dominic. He says, hi guys, what are your thoughts on Macquarie Group? Still reading your book and up to constructing a profitable portfolio. Well, I hope you're enjoying my book, mate. 
Um, Macquarie Group is trending upwards for the last three months. I'm a uni student, don't have a ton of time to watch the market, but would still like to enter the market. That's great. Uh, it's really good to see that a uni student's getting into the market. You don't have much time. Most people don't have a lot of time to watch the market and therefore looking at bigger stocks like Macquarie is generally much more recommended. Looking at big stocks that trend well if you don't have a lot of time. All too often I see people don't have a lot of time getting into stocks that are much more volatile uh, and they don't watch them obviously because they can't and uh, it decimates their portfolio. But let's go and have a look at Macquarie on the charts. So bringing up Macquarie here, if I just click on this, you can see here how it has been moving up the past few months. It's been beautifully moving up trending. It was the best stock out of the, you know, out of the um, GFC low that we saw, like the best banking stock. It just absolutely flew right through. It'd been beautiful. It was hit very, very hard into March and has come back quite nicely. And you can see it's done that. It's gone a bit sideways the last few weeks, which is a little bit concerning. I would expect it may have a tiny little bit more above it, but I would expect Macquarie to start tipping over and going into its next um, short to medium term low. Um, right now it is, as I said, it's moving up, but it's not super strong. Its momentum has slowed. But hey, I could be wrong, but it is a great stock. If you do own it and you are wanting to hold it more medium to longer term, that's a choice for you. Um, but if you are a little bit nervous about this market, maybe put a stop loss underneath uh, the current market price. And then if it does start to fall away, then exit. Because at the end of the day, brokerage is so cheap. It's not funny. Like seriously, when I first started trading, I was paying $100, $150 to get in and get out again. So nowadays we're paying under $20 to get in and out. So that's a huge difference. And when you're, when you're paying brokerage of over $100 on a, you know, a smaller position like $5,000, that's a big chunk of your, of your profit if you make that. So you always had to be more careful about what you bought, what you sold, and how many transactions you did. Nowadays you can just exit, see what happens, and then come back in later on. And that's your choice if you'd like to do that. But right now I'd stay with Macquarie. But as I said, I'm not... Right now, it is could be turning over and coming down into the in the into its next low because it has been going a little bit sideways. But hey, only time will tell. But thank you very much for your question. Now, the next one we've got is from Ruse Beth, who says, "Hi, Dale. I recently bought your book and look forward to reading your book. Um, I'll hopefully enjoy it." Um, who's, they say, "What's the chance of an ETF go bankrupt?" And really interesting question. What's the chance of an ETF going bankrupt? An ETF or exchange traded fund is what they call an OTC product or over-the-counter OTC, over-the-counter product. And basically the risk that you have is counterparty risk. The counterparty risk is whoever's providing that um, ETF. So is it uh, beta shares? Is it uh, whoever it is that's providing those ETFs for you, BlackRock? Um, there's a new number of ETF providers. Your, your chance of losing all your money is the chance of those going bankrupt. Now, don't think they can't, even though they might be big, they, they can always go bankrupt. We saw in the GFC um, companies like, um, what was the company? MF Global went bankrupt in Australia. I was making really good money in the US. The US people made some bad decisions. It went bankrupt. Um, and there's been cases of several brokers in Australia going bankrupt um, over or around the GFC and since the GFC. So you can always, always um, 
not, sorry, I can't say, don't always count on these companies being around. If you own a share, if you actually own a share in a company like a BHP, um, obviously then your risk is with a BHP. So always look at that. Uh, and it also depends on yourself as what your strategy is, but um, don't ever think you, uh, those companies can't go bankrupt. But very good question and thanks for asking. I would also suggest that before you invest in an ETF that you download their PDS and have a really good look at all of the fine print about what they they can and can't do and how your money's protected, etc. And that might allay some of your as well. The next question we got is from Thomas who says, Hi guys, I purchased Challenger or CGF at $5 a few weeks back. What is your opinion on this stock for the long term? Um, can I say without meaning rude to you, if you're looking at buying the stock for long term, you should have known that before you bought the stock, not asking after you've bought the stock. If you have a long term view on it, you should have been doing research on that stock and saying, what I, why am I buying this stock? Um, and it's same with it, short and medium term, but what is your view on that? And why did you buy it if you think it it is a long-term buy for you. So giving my thoughts, I'm only going to sort of give you that sort of medium-term look on it. For me to give you a long-term view, I'm going to spend a lot of time actually having a really good look and putting a lot of analysis on it. But let's put my glasses on and I'll have a look for you. So what I'm thinking at this point in time, um, there's a lot of information that I could put on the chart to help here. Right now it's looking a little weak. It's been actually quite interesting this stock. If you go back here into the history of this stock, you can see it's not been a really good buy and hold stock. It's, you know, if you, you could have bought it back in 2000 and still be sitting on the same prices. So when it does trend, it does trend for one to two years or more, maybe in a bit longer there. There was a big five year move through here or three or four move year move through here. But right now it is looking a little bit better. Um, medium term I'd like a bit more strength than this it didn't move with the market last week you can see here you bought it at five dollars so it's down a little bit you probably bought it in this sort of period here um, hoping it was going to go up I wouldn't get excited about this stock until it really broke above that five dollars fifty eight if you can do that then it's probably it would be more medium term over the next three to six months possibly even 12 months moving up but if we get a down bar this week then there could be further downside and again that's really why you put why I keep talking about putting stop losses on stocks nobody ever worries about stocks going up in price only ever worry about them when they're going down and currently you're in a losing position at this point in time so just protect capital at all cost uh, make sure you exit stocks that are falling stay in stocks that are rising but thanks for the question anyway but and for the others thank you for sending your questions in too and thanks for watching till we end of this video now if you do have a question that you'd like me to answer just stick them below and i'll get to answering them so you get your fingers on those keyboards and type some great questions. Now remember here on this channel we do these Monday market reports every single week and we also do a live stream every Tuesday night 7 to 8 p.m. and so you can watch the Australian Stock Market Show live Tuesday 7 to 8 p.m. Remember to hit the subscribe button now, click the bell on the right of it so you know when we get uh, new videos uploaded into YouTube. But for now, I'm Dale Gillam. Goodbye, good luck and good trading. Thanks for listening. This podcast is brought to you by Wealth Within, a global leader in stock market education. For more information on our courses or to listen to more Talking Wealth podcasts, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the Talking Wealth podcast under the Learning Centre.